Welcome to the Huxley Morton podcast. Today I am joined with Victoria Welsh. Uh, she is an experienced CRA and she will be giving us some insights into the world of clinical trials, working as a clinical research associate, and just a bit more about her background and, and sort of interest outside of work as well. So look, Victoria, when, when we last spoke, you were kind of in between jobs. I caught you at a, a, a strange time, um, but since then, You've landed a new position, so congrats uh, on that. Um, tell me, just introduce yourself in terms of who you are, your your role, and and, and your new company. Yeah, so thank you, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I am very excited to be speaking uh, with you guys. I so a little bit about myself. My name is Victoria Welch. I am from the United States. I live in Texas, in Dallas, Texas, and. Uh, I started in the clinical research about the industry three years ago. Mm -hmm. I started um, taking a course, clinical research fast track, and then I jumped into coordinating. So I was at a site working as a site coordinator, loved it, knew I wanted to be a CRA though, uh -huh. sought out some other opportunities. I got really lucky and um, I hit a gig where I was volunteering with senior CRAs. Mm -hmm. I did that for about three months. And then after that, I just um, searched for a job. I believe it took me five months uh, where I, and in between I was making money through working, busting tables. I was helping my dad on our farm, our ranch. Uh -huh. And um, yeah. And then I got a job. Uh, of course, in the meantime, I got a job as a CRA, but in the meantime, I never stopped, you know, studying. I had the FDA, um, AKA monitoring Bible is what I like to call it. It's the ICHGCP E6R2. Uh -huh. And I mean, I was just, you know, memorizing the guidelines on good clinical practices. Um, and then staying up to date on LinkedIn, followed a lot of different podcasts. Uh -huh. uh, so then I was a coordinator, a study research, a clinical research associate for two years working in um, oncology studies. I was, I started out as a junior, did a little co-monitoring, then sought out on my own. I loved it. You know, I love the atmosphere. I really wasn't sure what I was getting into once I jumped into oncology, yeah. but now it's very near and dear to my heart. I mean, it is a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of probably more stressful. You're dealing with more documents, more, um, more stressful environment, going to the hospital, speaking with these doctors. But Long story short, that's how I gained my oncology experience. Yeah, I was early at the beginning of this year. Um, that was a little sad. You know, I loved I left my company, and then the pandemic hit, and everybody kind of, you know, scattered. We were trying to figure out how we were going to continue and uh, continue clinical trials. I mean, you know, we have people yeah. out there needing they need help. You know, we need to discover new medicine and uh, put a hold on things. But, uh, so yeah, at the beginning I was furloughed and they picked me back up with the pay cut mm. and, uh, and then they actually had to dismiss me about, uh, two months ago. And, um, but I just hit the ground running, you know, I knew I had my experience. I knew my values, I, I knew my worth and I knew I would be a fantastic asset to any company. So I applied to everything, big, small, uh, not in the United States, everywhere. Wow. And um, I landed, I accepted an offer with Icon. 
Um, I was last week I was doing, I think I had seven in-person video interviews. It was very intense full week, wow. but I got a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited. I accepted an offer with Icon. I'll be a CRA one. Hopefully I'll be in the oncology department. You know, they're really well known for CAR T cell therapy. And that is a therapeutic indication I have most experience in uh, T cell and hematological disorders. So yeah. I'm super excited about being there and, and furthering my education and growing. Um, I, I, there's such a well-established CRO. You know, I've been having people on LinkedIn congratulate me, and I can't tell you how many times they told me, you did the right choice, you know, they're a phenomenal CRO. Yeah. So here we are. Exactly. Well, look, I can tell since since you and I last spoke, I mean, maybe it's all of these uh, meetings that you've had on, online that you've just got so familiar with it now, but just you in, in your own character, you seem so much more upbeat. It's, it's great, <laughs> great to see you're like okay I've got this it's done they can't the stress is out of the way right it's you know I, I can see that you're, you're so much more relaxed now um and it's it probably just a huge weight off, off your shoulders uh and to, to land a job not just with any CRO but with Icon at the moment I've just seen them kind of blowing up on LinkedIn with you know employer yeah, CRO of the year and this and the other yeah. it's, it's a great scout to you know have on your resume now Absolutely. I am. I'm so blessed. So excited. And after this last year as a CRA, you know, I haven't been traveling. And so I am so eager to get out there and get to work, meet my team, read my protocols. I'm just thrilled to death. Sure. So that, that kind of brings us up to, to where where you are today, where, where you're sitting. I guess look, to just rewind uh, a little bit, I guess. CRA, it's, it's a very much, it's a sought after job. People always look at this, um, you know, in, in other industries and like, it's, it's a well-paid job. It's, you know, well-respected. Um, how, how did you end up getting into the industry? You know, did you always want to go down this route? Were there other options? You know, to, to those out there that, who are perhaps thinking about it as an op opportunity, how, how did you go about it? Was it, was it um, sort of, plan a for yourself how did you get into it to start with yeah this is a wonderful question i love to answer it um actually i this is my saying um i always say that i'm a clinical research professional and not by accident and that is because i i um well i was pre-med i wasn't going to medical school and i had to figure out what i wanted to do to be a CRA, you know, it's exciting because you get you get to travel, uh, you get to dress professionally. I love dressing up. I love speaking to the doctors. You know, I go to these huge hospitals, these major hospitals around the world. Mm. And uh, I, I learned about being a clinical research associate uh, when I was trying to figure out what I could do with the biomedical science degree. Yeah. Right out of school. And um, I had a family friend who was like, oh, you know, Victoria... I know so-and-so, they're a clinical research associate. No idea what that was. Soon after, I did a little research on Google, and I was like, oh, yes, this one is for me, you know, because you get to – I like the flexibility of working your own hours. I mean, it comes hand-in-hand, hand, though. You have to be very – um disciplined. You have to be very disciplined because I can tell you it's so easy if I wanted to go get – 
you know, have a spa day or a massage or put off work or what have you. Mm. And especially if you have children, you know, you have to find a place to work and actually do it and work your own business. Um, so much discipline and continued communication. But yes, so I fell into it that way. And right away, I knew I was just going to flourish. Um, yeah. I like to say I, I crawl, walk, and then run and fly. And I'm not sure where the top is, but that's where I'm headed. Mm. And uh, there's so many opportunities in this industry. It's um, unbelievable. And it's it's just perfect for me. Yeah, no, look, it sounds, sounds great. And clearly there's, you know, the, the drive and ambition that is behind that, which has got you to, to where, where you are now. Um, so look, I, I guess... Clinical research is often an overlooked market. You know, when, when I talk to people about clinical research, clinical trials, they're kind of like, how did, how do you get into that? How does it all work? You know, it's, it's one of these, it's a huge market, but often it just goes under the radar. Um, so, you know, talk, talk us through your, your typical day. So a typical day, uh, well, it really depends. And now, even so, being the the pandemic, you know, um, it's put a halt on a lot of the traveling. Mm. But we see a lot more innovation through the technology systems, you know, a lot of the e-source. Um, so I love to see that. You know, I love to see innovation. And I think that 2021 is going to bring us a lot more innovation it's going to help us get diversity into clinical research. You know, we're going to be able to reach those who were unable to come to a site, you know, and um, maybe they were a perfect candidate to participate into the study, uh -huh. but yet they didn't have the means to get there. So I think we're going to be able to reach much more diversity. I think that patient population is going to be easier to get and all of like patient getting your patients. We need people to participate in these clinical trials. The more people that participate, the better results we will get mm. and the faster we can get drugged and uh, device to market. So that's super important. Yes. And especially the, land, the landscape's changed a lot, right? So in terms of, you know, increasing diversity, increase, increasing awareness, even increasing, I guess, talking from a recruiter's viewpoint, the, the, the landscape of, of hiring, you know, People can now work remotely. It's much more accepted. It's, you know, it's, it's widened that playing field. And for me, it, it only, I just see more opportunities for everyone who is involved in, in the pharma and, and biotech uh, industries right now. So it's, it's kind of good to see. And, you know, the travel, it's, it's still going to be there. People still need to go to sites. So, you know, like yourself, you, you like the travel, you like getting um, dressed up, being professional, seeing these doctors. Um, and that's clearly what you consider to be one of the, the best parts of, uh, about the job. And I think everyone would, because, you know, getting out there and, and being on the ground, if you're working in an industry like this, that's the rewarding part, isn't it? You don't want to just be doing the study and looking over protocols and, and, and things like this, because it's, I guess that's the hard graft. It's, it's the, the getting out there yeah. and doing it, isn't it? Well, you know, so... You asked me, what do I do in my day-to-day -day job? It's really hard to pinpoint that. I mean, I could be on the phone, meetings every day. I could be on site, reading a, a patient medical chart. Mm. And with me, in particular, in particularly, you know, I work on uh, in oncology. Oncology is sad. 
it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I hate it. Um, and then I, you increase that even more. And I, I look at pediatric charts, children. So I'm having to read these children's medical histories. And I'm telling you the first few times, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but mm. I'm not going to lie. I've had a few tears drop from my face because it is very, it, it just hurt. It just hits me in a different way. I you can, know, I can imagine um, anytime you see, you know, these adverts on, on TV and that, you know, there's stories of uh, and, and things, it's, it, it's tough to watch. I, I don't even like watching them, you know. Yeah. It's just one of, one of those things, isn't it? I try and try and tune. It sounds bad, but I, I try to almost tune out and, just because it's, yeah, it's just not something that you like to, to see and hear, is it? Absolutely. It was very hard. It, it is hard to see. Um, here's a small example. When I do go to a children's hospital, mm. you know, uh, and I go eat for lunch, say at the cafeteria, yeah. For somebody who's not at the hospital working as a nurse or a doctor or, you know, anybody, a receptionist, what have you, they see it every day. But for me, I walk into um, an auditorium or a, a kitchen full of young children, you know, who have these tubes hanging down from them and, mm. and they're missing hair and, and they, they're sick. And that is so, so hard. Yeah. But the rewarding part is, is what I'm doing and what we're doing in the industry is we are finding a cure for them. That's the goal. And I have been able to read a few charts where some of the medicine, I mean, it's, you know, these are experiences, right? This is the clinical research experience or experiment. It's a trial, trial and error. I mean, so hopefully you know, it'll get to market and I can't wait to be on a, a drug or a procedure or a device that hits market. And I can say, yes, I monitored that, you know, so that's the rewarding part. And that's what yeah, I'm waiting no, on. It sounds, it sounds as though that's both the, the best part about the job and the worst part by the sound of things <laughs> is the, the, the rewarding part, but also just that, that mental, I, I don't know, realization of, of how many people are affected by this is probably the, the hardest part of the job, just seeing it when you go to these hospitals, but then the reward knowing that you're doing your bit and, and contributing towards, you know, trying to eliminate that as much as possible and provide cures, right? And it's happening. It is happening. I mean, we're in a booming air. It is exciting. You know, the new therapies that they're coming up for oncology is incredible. Um, and I'm excited. So yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> it's coming in the next five years. There's going to be a lot more therapeutic areas that we're going to be able to reach and count on. Definitely. Well, look, I guess look, it all sounds, it's an exciting job. It, it's a very job. There's travel with it. It's, you know, it, I think it's a great uh, aspiration for, for any, um, anyone young and, and looking to get into this market. I mean, there's, not always going to be people who, who know from such an early age that they want to go down that route. But what if you were to perhaps go back and, and give your hints, tips, advice to, to anyone who's you know about to embark on this journey in the same way that you have, what, what perhaps would, would you advise them or what would you do differently if, if you were to do it again? Uh, oh, I like that question. What would I do differently? Well, I don't think I would do anything differently. And what I would advise people to do is, you know, like my motto, 
you crawl, walk, run, and then fly. You have to pay your dues. In other words, you cannot just jump in and be a CRA. Some people get lucky, very lucky, but those who get lucky and have somebody, you know, who they're kin to or aunt, uncle, what have you, yeah. and they help them get the job, that's phenomenal. Good for them. However, you do not want to be stuck in a position as a CRA responsible for this whole monitoring of this whole clinical research project at the site mm-hmm. if you have no clue going on. So I, I advise people to, you know, pay your dues. Do the work. Go, right? you have to stop it. You have to start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You just have to. And un, in order to lead, in order to be a wonderful monitor, you have got to understand how the site operates. So, you know, I would say be a study coordinator or at least be um, somebody in regulatory documentation, essential regulatory. If you can finesse and understand the documents that go in place and the order in which they go in place, um, that is essential to clinical trials, especially, you know, when you're bringing it to the FDA, that's the first thing they'll audit is your regulatory documentation. If you can understand that and what is required, then you'll be uh, a lot better off. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's one of those industries. There, there's no shortcuts, right? It's you have that's to, correct. You have to le- learn the information, otherwise, yeah, it's it's not something where you can go to a site and bluff your way through. Yeah, <laughs> the monitoring and, and management of of those those trials and and all of the data that comes with it. So it's it's um I guess it's a a, a tough job. Um, so for anyone out there listening to this, um. Make sure that if you're if you're planning to go down this route, that you are dedicated to it and willing to put the, the time and effort in, right? Yes. Well, you know, look at me. It took me. I, I graduated college in 2017. It's 20. It's almost 2021, but that'll be four years. We'll say three, close to four years. Yeah. And I'm here where I am here today. Now, it didn't take. I didn't. I just didn't get here by just being a clinical uh, coordinator. Mm. You know. I, I watched podcasts, I got involved, I became, you know, a member of the ACRAP chapter around my region, um, I connected with people on LinkedIn, I'd love to do that, I love to social network, um, I feel like, especially now, you know, what we're even doing here, face-to-face video is, is it's, it's brilliant, I love it. You know, it helps us connect. It helps us build a network together. So people can just work on branding themselves, right? Doing the right thing, taking all the steps, training themselves, um, researching, preparing themselves constantly. That's what it takes. Mm. Okay. So I guess you've touched on it. YouTube, you mentioned Googling earlier. I think that these days there's so much that you can do by via Google and you and YouTube. Um, and it's a case of find what you like, research it, practice it. And, and that's just what you've done. I think another thing that you, you mentioned when we spoke previously was that you went through the, the CRA Academy, the fast track um, graduate graduation that you, you did. So all of these little things are just things that you can do to kind of accelerate your path into the industry, right? That's right. Take the bull by the horns. Precisely. So look, I guess um, <laughs> pandemic aside, how is, you know, paint a picture of, of how you see the world of, of clinical trials going with 
virtual trials and collaboration between sort of pharma companies because there's been a lot of talk about it on LinkedIn and you know that's a huge um, point for anyone at the moment is it's such a huge platform and that's where I've seen all this information everyone's got an opinion on it um so yeah what's what's your kind of view on all of that side of things Victoria well, I love it. I think that there needs to be change. I think change is great, just not too quickly. Now, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel, not not whatsoever. However, I, I like I said, I'm excited. I'm eager to see the innovation that comes through technology within the clinical research industry. Mm-hmm. We waited way too long to switch over to eSource. We waited way too long to switch over to electronical trial master files. We waited way too long to switch over to um, our EDC system. Uh, So I think, and, but now we're here and I think it's going to save money. Um, You know, it, it might be trial and error this next year. May we may miss some data, but at the same time with all the artificial um, the artificial systems, you know, uh, all those technology is going to help increase, ex- especially analyzing data when you look at risk-based monitoring. Mm. So I think in next, and I think 2021, I mean, we're going to have so many different options. It's going to be ridiculous. They used to say that the software companies, the vendors that are contracted to run these clinical trials that's where that's who really makes the money here because you know there's not a lot to choose from Mm. when you were looking at who's going to store your trial master file you really only have three options it's to start with and this is when i started so two two years ago into monitoring yeah now you know we're going to have five next thing you know it'll be 10 so i I think that's phenomenal I, i think that it's going to increase the rate of we of getting data, and that's that's the whole picture here, right? Get drug to market. Exactly, and so. when there's increased resources, increased options, it's it's better for everyone involved, and that's not just in in the world of, of pharma. It's kind of ac- across the board, isn't it? You know, and that can only be a, a good thing. So yeah, look, I, I have to agree with you on on that one, and um, just seeing more more companies have these these options is it's just great to see um so look in in terms of that's i guess your story how you got into the world of of clinical trials what you're up to now it's it's it looks like you're set for a a great new um platform working with icon right um but look outside of um i I guess work and you mentioned that you you grew up on a ranch um if you weren't off to gone down the the pharmaceutical route and clinical research and um, what you know what would you be outside of uh, the world of, of pharma would what, what have been your, your plan b or plan c plan d yeah so uh i think we spoke about this before but i have had a lot you know if i could have been everything i probably would have been <laughs> but i am very passionate about teaching i would have loved to have been um an eighth grade science teacher. I love that. I don't know why. When I was a younger kid, that's what I played. I, I loved it. I had a younger brother and I would teach him math. I love math and science. Mm. Always have from a young, young girl. Yeah. And 
Um, so yeah, I would do that or I would have like, a, I love to garden and um, I love like flowers and propagating. Mm. I, I just brought in a bunch of my plants for the winter, but my house looks like a jungle right now. I can see a few yeah. in the background right now, actually. So <laughs> yeah, it's a little wild back there. So uh, yeah, I love plants and I would love to have a nursery. Um, nice. That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm but yeah up on the ranch. I love the country, so that's me. Amazing Sorry. stuff. No, I was just going to say, like the the science teacher side of things. I guess that ties in with, with the career choice that you have gone down, but uh, fits in very well. And that's that's actually what my partner, her sister, does. That loves it. I mean, at the moment, it's a completely different ball game. Again, it's it's on Zoom, it's on Teams, but I think everyone is just adapting in in all industries. Um, at the moment but great to hear from yourself uh, and how your your journey has gone and yeah for me the the most pleasing thing about all of this is just that last week you were kind of in between jobs this week you've landed a, a great gig when are you due to start uh the ninth, the 9th of november so i believe i have one more week off of like a vacation quote unquote yeah um and then I'll just hit the books running Again, I'm so eager. And you're right. That is really neat. Last week when we spoke, I was in between jobs. You know, I was even a little bit hesitant to tell you what I had on the table because it was almost too good to be true. Um, for the time, yeah, for the first time in my life, I actually had uh, options, <laughs> you know, so mm. that was very rewarding feeling. Amazing. Thank you. James. You are welcome. Right. Look, we'll wrap things up and um, look, perhaps once you've been on with Icon, we can get you back on and, and talk about how things are going and, and how things are changed and how the landscape is perhaps looking for, for 2021. But for now, we'll let you get on with the rest of your day. But thank you very much for joining us on, on the Huxley Morton podcast here. Absolutely. It's been a blast. I love you guys. Thank you.